This is Werewolf the Podcast. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please. Help. They're coming. <laughs> Once a journey is designed, equipped, and put in process, a new factor enters and takes over. A trip, a safari, an exploration is an entity different from all other journeys. It has personality, temperament, individuality, uniqueness. A journey is a person in itself. No two are alike, and all plans, safeguards, Policing and coercion are fruitless. We find after years of struggle that we do not take a trip. A trip takes us. Tour masters, schedules, reservations, rash bound and inevitable, dash themselves to wreckage on the personality of the trip. John Steinbeck travels with Charlie in search of America. Welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing Cairns Places of Power. And Cairns came out in 1993. It was written by Emery Barnes, Stephen C. Brown, Phil Brucato, Alan Bryden, Sam Chupp, John Gavigan, Harry Heckle, Christopher Edward, Sam and Abinette, Izumi Hideo, David Key, Kenneth Myers, James A. Moore, George Neal, Roderick Robertson, Rick Strong, and T.U. Wynn. It was developed by Bill Bridges. Art director was Richard Thomas. Art by John Bridges, Sam and Abinette, Scar Studios, Dan Smith, Ron Spencer, Joshua Gabriel Timbrook, and Brian Wackwitz. This is a big book, particularly for... Um, Werewolf First Edition. It's about 160 pages, so not massively bigger, about 40 pages bigger than uh, most of the books up to this point, but it's good to note that it is a bigger book. The first story in here is good, um, (laughs) which is fantastic. It's a good shift. Um, You're starting to see an increase in the quality of the opening fiction, even though this touches on uh, the Bane Tender tribe, which uh, most people understand to be the Octena, it does so in a decent way. It does so in a way that I appreciate. I think the story is good. I think the story is enough to entice me to want to read this book. You know, if I were to just pick that up and read it, I would say, okay, cool. I want to dig into that. Now, we're not going to. I'm not going to review everything in this book because there are. 13 different cairns provided. There's a Black Fury uh, cairn in Greece. There's uh, the Bonar cairn in Washington, D.C. The Children of Gaia cairn in San Francisco. Fiona cairn in Ireland. A Geta Fenris cairn in Germany. A Glasswalker cairn in Hong Kong. The Red Talons 
Cairn in Alaska, Shadow Lord's Cairn in Japan, Silent Strider's Cairn in Casablanca, Silverfang's Cairn in Russia, Stargazer's Cairn in Tibet, Anuktenakana Cairn in Australia, and uh, Wendigo Cairn in Arizona, and finally, a Black Spiral Dancer's Pit. And then, in the appendix, the Kitsune are presented, the Werefoxes are presented. I'll be honest, up until this point, I thought that the Kitsune were first presented in Hangiokai, so to see them in this book was a surprise to me, but a good surprise because I like the Kitsune, and I thought it was interesting to see the Werefoxes presented this early in first edition. But I would imagine a lot of people that would potentially have been interested in playing a kitsune wouldn't have picked up this book knowing that they would have been present here. So interesting to note that they are. If they are something that you would like to see in the first edition setting, you can pick up this book and see how they're presented. And then I would recommend going out and getting Hangiokai um, instead so you have a full presentation on them and uh, the Beast Courts or the Asian version of the Garu Nation isn't presented in this book, so if that's something you want to utilize, you would want to get Hangiokai, uh, because it's a better book for that. So, you've got, actually, you've got 14 cairns presented here, including the Black Spiral Dancer hive, and this book starts off with providing some information on how moon bridges work, and how different rights to open up moon bridges work and i think this is the first time you kind of get that really specific information on all of those elements so it's interesting to note that uh, that they're there as a book um, this is one that i would say actually has really really good npcs each of the seps is really well presented but most of the npcs in these various uh, seps at these various cairns are ones that i am interested in and if you've been listening to the podcast up to this point, you'll know that I don't have a lot of interest in most of the NPCs presented so far, but these ones make up for it in a lot of ways. So there's definitely kind of an awareness that the that White Wolf needs to dig in a little bit deeper, I think, and provide a little bit um, of more engaging sort of backgrounds for these characters, and they've done so really well here. I think the NPC from the first Black Spiral Dancer Cairn that I like the most is Iona Kinslayer, and Iona is an old Black Fury. She's over 70 at this point. She was fighting uh, the Nazis at one point. She's an interesting character. There are a lot of interesting characters in that section, and I would recommend digging into every one of these Cairns, honestly. But I would dig into that section written by Phil Brucato in particular. And then for me, having played in a werewolf LARP that was set in Washington, D.C., having the Sept of the Awakening information makes some of the plot that the storyteller was running make a little bit more sense. I actually had read this before, um, so I was aware of some of that. But reviewing it for this book, again, this is a great Sept. The characters here are really good. They're... um, They've got interesting connections to one another and interesting connections to the uber plot of uh, Werewolf. There's, um, in the DC section, there's at least one werewolf that is addicted to vampire blood. So DC is an excellent city to do some vampire werewolf crossover, and you can use Blood Licker, who's the character's name. I think the name's a little bit too on the nose, 
but that said, um, if you were interested in digging into a city that wasn't presented explicitly as a crossover place, you could do so very easily with, with the Washington D section here and the Vampire Washington by Night book. Like I said before, the presentation of the cairns that are in Asia is interesting. The Stargazer Sept that's presented in here is actually the one that gets destroyed, and I won't um, won't go much further than that. But um, at some point between Second Edition and Revised Edition, Werewolf something happens to the main Werewolf Sept, uh, main Stargazer Sept, I should say, and that story isn't presented here. But you've actually got information on that Sept here. So if you wanted to run that story. This is the location that I would go back to and say, dig into this, figure out what that sept looks like beforehand, decide if you want to use it as written here to run like a short flashback story or run a story there to begin with and then you know go forward with that meta plot as it were. The weakest mm, the weakest sept that I can that I thought was weak in this was the Irish one. I think there are some interesting NPCs here, in particular Bron Macfion. And uh, I hate to point this out, but all of the names, or almost all of the names for the NPCs in this section, are actually drawn from Irish myth. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's a thing to keep in mind that if you're going to be using these names, they are actual characters from. Irish mythology, maybe they're doing that just because they want to have a name associated with um, an ancestor of theirs or an ancient hero. But it's something I had a little bit of annoyance with. I was like, why wouldn't they just have their own names? That said, it's fine. The chapter's a little bit weak, but so is the Geta Fenris one. I didn't like the presentation of the Geta Fenris in first edition. I have uh, a lot of experience with Norse mythology and Germanic uh, religious culture, so I was particularly upset with the way they portrayed the Gedra Fenris as, as right-wing um, Nazis, really. Uh, Neo-Nazis is the best way of putting it. That's how they're presented in most of these early books. It's not something I'm on board with. It's not something that I think is necessary for a tribe that has that connection to German culture. That said, if you want to run them that way, there's a lot of material to do so. I think it's better to present them a little bit more nuanced. I don't love the NPC in this section for that reason, though. The Asian cairns, though, the one in Hong Kong, the one in Japan, and, of course, the Stargazer's cairn are all super cool. There's some really interesting stuff here. This is, in some ways, a better presentation of uh, of Asia than in some of the actual books that are focused on Asia, particularly the Kindred of the East books uh, or Hengi Yokai. There's no, there's not as much. There's still a little bit of Orientalism here, but there's not as much Orientalism as I think you would see in those books. So I think it's interesting to dig into these cairns and say, okay, well, there's the Hengi Yokai story we could use or we could just great i think that's awesome to have those choices there is a red talon sept here the red talon sept has a lot of really mm, silly slash neat side story elements you know most of these septs have a little section for story hooks presented at the end of them 
the section for the Red Talon one it just has some stuff that I think, okay, that's a little bit silly. It's not bad. It's just not as um, as serious as some of the other ones would be. The Shadow Lord Cairn, I'm going back and forth here a little bit, I know that. Um, but I really think the Cairns that are presented here, I really recommend you reading them and digging, in, digging into them yourself. And I don't want to give too, too much away. But the, um, the Shadow Lord Clan, or Shadow Lord Cairn sorry for that, that is presented here is is incredibly interesting. I think the Haken, the Shadow Lords in Japan, are really interesting. If you excuse a little bit of the Orientalist Japanese samurai trope, I still think they're engaging. They engage with Japanese tradition at least somewhat effectively, and the presentation, of course, of the Kitsune makes that better if you ask me. So the Haken, the Kitsune here are interesting. This Cairn makes a lot of sense. I would use this, um, which really, like when it comes down to what these books do, if I would use them, if you would use them, is really, in the end, what it all comes down to, right? The other Cairn that I think I want to specifically call out and say, wow, this is a really, really cool one, is the Silent Striders Cairn, the Wheel of Ptah, uh, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but I think it's Wheel of Ta. Could be Wheel of Pata. I'm not quite sure. Um, but that's in Casablanca. And this, if you want to run a story that is basically a PI murder mystery type place, then this would be the place to do so. You can run a film noir sort of Casablanca style story out of this sept and it would be completely appropriate. The NPCs here are, uh, again, are interesting. There's some really, like, cool story hooks here. So definitely some stuff that if you wanted to do something different that not a lot of werewolf players have probably done before, using a Silent Strider pack and using that cairn as a location would be an interesting story. And you can tie that in with a, a book that comes out later, which is um, Rage Across Egypt, if you wanted to, and have the characters be based in Casablanca to begin with, and then potentially be trying to investigate what is going on in in Egypt. That's just my suggestion. It's a way to go. This, this book is one that I hadn't really looked at, uh, before this, I thought there were some interesting elements to it overall, and it's a book that I, looking back on it, I would recommend because even with some of the Rage Across the World books, there's not anything quite like this that I remember from later books. And I might, once I review everything later on again, I might change my mind about that and go, oh, "Hey, here's another book just like um, Karen's Places of Power," but. Because this book's a little bit different and because it covers such a vast territory and provides options that are a little bit more first, second edition appropriate, if you're running a first edition werewolf game, I would say, hey, use these Cairns. Run the stories from here. If you're running a revised or werewolf 20th book and you're like, hey, I have this book, I, I would like to run some of these Cairns, you can do so. There's nothing stopping you from, from pulling these out and using them. The Black Spiral Dancer pit is weird. 
I think that's the only way I can really describe it. It's not bad if you want to dig into a pit uh, and the information in Book of the Worm isn't enough for you. You've got the ability to dive into it and look at it from this book's angle. And this book closes up with an appendix on the kitsune, as I mentioned before. What I think is really, really positive, and I didn't know until reading this right now, is that someone that's actually Japanese was involved in the writing of this section, and I think that's great, and I really wish White Wolf had done that more, getting people that know and understand, that have lived the culture to some degree, to write information on the various groups around the world. Definitely something that they are focused on doing now, the new White Wolf are, and I am very, very happy about that. Something I think can only bring good stuff in the future. That said, the Kitsune are awesome. I really like them. They're a little overpowered. And I hate saying, oh, blah, blah, blah is OP. I'm not that type of person in my gaming usually, but the Kitsune have access to almost everything. They're kind of like the Bastet on speed. They've got magic, they've got gifts, they uh, don't cause delirium, so they've got a lot of stuff going for them. I think they're really interesting as a group of Farah, a group of changers, though. So if you want to dig into it, use a Kitsune. You can definitely do so with the information provided in Karen's Places of Power. So this has been another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am your host, Josh Heath. As always, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, complaints, or emotional outbursts and you would like to provide them, you can send us a message. You can leave a comment for us. You can come to the website, werewolfthepodcast.com, and let us know, hey, this didn't wasn't up to snuff. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it will be. But um, if you have any interest in picking up a copy of any of the books we reviewed, you can also click the links on Podbean that we have provided um, for you to be able to pick up the books. So uh, this has been Cairns, Places of Power. Oh, before I forget, I would give this book probably about a 6 out of 10. It's a good book. It's not incredibly useful, but all all, the NPCs are a lot better. I would potentially want to run elements from it, so I might even give it a 7 or an 8, depending on the mood that I was in that day. Um, So it's a good book. Definitely one, like I said, if you want something that covers a large swath of territory that no other book really does as effectively, then I would consider picking it up. And you can pick it up in a collection called Rage Across the World, Volume 1, and that includes Karen's Places of Power and Rage Across Russia, which are both good books, books that we've reviewed. So if you want to pick up both of them, you can do so. So I've done that totally out of order. But again, this is Werewolf Podcast. If you have any questions, let us know. Bye. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view 
or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.